reaching Israel and the world. Aruch Hashem, beloved ones, bless the name of the Lord. I'm with my wife, Cynthia Marjorie, today. Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We'd just like to begin by giving a heartfelt thank you to all our partners today. Honey, I've been thinking about the fact that in order for us to truly walk in the light of the Spirit, we need to become self-aware. The difference between us as human beings and let's say, for example, uh, a dog, is a dog has no self-awareness. If you think about it, people might think, well, dogs are intelligent or, or uh, uh, you know, elephants are intelligent, but they don't have self-awareness. We, as those that have been created in God's image to know Him, have been given this ability to supernaturally have consciousness of our thought. And in this consciousness, one of the things that Hashem, that God wants us to be aware of is the fact that we are creatures of desire, but we must not make the mistake of trying to fulfill our desire in things that are outside of Him. Right, right. When I was in college, I went through a, a period of time where I was confused. I thought there maybe there was no God. So I ended up at a place that my rudder, the direction of my life was based upon anything that would give me fun. And I found it spiraled me down in life. So today we're going to take a look at what is the desires of our heart that's directing the path of our lives. We're continuing our series today called Mysteries from the Gospel of John. I'm actually beginning in season five today. You can go back and get the earlier episodes from the previous four seasons by going to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now we've been in the fourth chapter and in the fourth chapter we have a phenomenal dialogue going on between Yeshua, Jesus, and this woman at the well. And he tells her that he had water to give her that if she received it would become within her a well of living water springing up to eternal life so that she would thirst no more. And that is where I focused in season four. Again, I really want to encourage you, go back and listen to those messages. Today we're going to move on. I'm picking up in the 16th verse and we're entering in to a dialogue about God's purpose for the Jewish people in the earth. Hear the word of God, the grass withers and the flowers fade, beloved one, but the word of the Lord abides forever. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. An hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So let's put this in perspective in our own language here. Jesus had just been speaking to this woman about the mysteries of the Spirit, that He had come to give the Zoe, 
the uncreated, the eternal life of the Spirit to humankind. And he said to her, if you ask me, I'm going to give you this life, and it's going to fulfill the purpose for what you created for. It's going to fulfill your deepest desires. He said, you'll thirst no more. Now, I want you just to consider with me, human beings, if you think about the primary banner over the life of every human being, the primary banner in the natural world over every human being is the word desire. Think about human beings. What motivates us? What gets us out of bed? What gets us going? It's one desire that we look to be fulfilled after the next desire. We get up, we want something to eat. We go to work, we were looking for a promotion, or we're looking for more money, or we're looking for somebody to affirm us, or we're looking to have the desire of being important feel, feel, uh, be fulfilled. We're constantly trying to fulfill our desires. And Jesus said to her, listen, he said, if you'll receive this water that I have for you, it's going to fulfill all your desires. This spirit that I want to give you, it is the answer to your life. And then he says this to her. He says, woman, go call your husband. And she said, well, I have no husband. Yeshua said, you have said truly. You've had five husbands. And the man that you're now living with, he's not your husband. At this point, she knew in an instant that she was dealing with somebody supernatural. She knew he was not just from this planet. She said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Yeshua said, you have said rightly, I'm a prophet. And then the dialogue continues, and she brings up the, the, the fact that this Yeshua that she was speaking with, that she realized was somebody from another world, she realized that he was dressed as a Jew, and that he was a Jew. And she started talking with him about the difference between the way that the Samaritans, which she was, practiced their religion, and the way that the Jewish people practiced their religion. And she said, well, we Samaritans worship in this mountain. We know that you Jews, you worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, an hour is coming and now is where it's neither in this mountain or in that mountain. For the Father is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Look with me once again. Verse 20, our Father, she said, worship in this mountain. And you people, meaning the Jewish people, say that you worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said, woman, in verse 21, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. We really have two different separate phenomenons, beloved ones, going on here. On the one hand, we realize that Yeshua is calling people to worship the Father in the Spirit. It's neither in this mountain where the Samaritans were worshiping or in Jerusalem where true worship takes place. True worship takes place where our spirit, where humankind's spirit meets the Father's spirit outside of time, outside of space, outside of any material place on the planet, it's spirit. Spirit is above the natural. In other words, Jerusalem is a very, very special sacred place. The Lord is connected to Jerusalem like no place else on the earth. There's something elevated 
about Israel above all the other geographical places on the planet. I know that for a fact. But on the other end, there's something even greater than that. You can connect with the Father in the Spirit, whether you're in China, whether you're in Nepal, whether you're in Kansas, whether you're anywhere on earth, because we connect with the Father in the Spirit, and the Spirit is not part of the natural world. So on the one hand, Yeshua is going to be teaching us about true intimacy with the Father takes place not in a specific material location. You don't have to go to this spot on the earth or that spot on the earth to enter into the most intimate place with the Father because it doesn't happen in a natural geographical setting. It happens supernaturally in the spirit outside of time and outside of space. But then there's something that seems to be opposite of this going on in the conversation because Jesus begins to speak about the fact that the revelation of the Father takes place and is released to the world through the physical descendant. So now we're back in time and space. The revelation of the Spirit has taken place and been released to the world through the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that God's revelation has come to you and I through the Jews. So let's look once again back at the text. In verse 22, Yeshua says, You worship, he's speaking to the Samaritan woman, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So on the one hand, we walk with God in the Spirit, it's above time, space, any material thing. And on the other hand, the Jewish people are a people that are physical. They're not spiritual. It's sp they're spiritual, but they're physical, the physical lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's where Revelation has come from. So I want to hit on both of those. God healing people. I've been I've seen God restoring lives, but the greatest miracle that I've seen is the saving of people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the greatest miracle that I actually value and cherish. So if you've never asked Jesus to come and live inside you, and tonight you want to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me. If you'd like to do that, and you've never done that before, would you raise your hand? Rabbi is a genuine man of God. The simplicity of the word that is being proclaimed by Rabbi touched my heart. There is a fire that has been started in the hearts of the people, a fire that has been started in the hearts of the ministers, and a fire that has been started in the church that I'm pastoring by the visit of the Rabbi, and this will go a long way to transform the nation. Malawi will be changed. Rabbi has planted a seed in Malawi that will grow and has left a mark that can never be erased. I believe that this is the beginning of revival in my life, in my congregation, but also in the entire nation of Malawi. In John's third letter, verse 8, he encourages the body of believers to support those who have been sent out 
for the sake of the truth. I want to ask you to become a monthly partner in the Lord with Discovering the Jewish Jesus. As you know, we've been given an opportunity to bring the good news of Messiah Jesus through television and on the ground outreaches all over the world. We can't do it, beloved ones, without your help. If you believe in us, if you believe in God's call on this ministry, I'd like to ask you, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of Discovering the Jewish Jesus? I want to speak first of all about the last verse that we read about the blessing that has been released to the world through the Jewish people. Now most of you know this and in no way am I puffing up myself or wanting to puff up Jewish people in pride. But I think we need to understand the ways of God and how he's revealed himself to the world. And he's revealed himself to humanity, beloved, once again through the Jews. So Jesus said, we know what we're worshiping because salvation is from the Jews. In other words, for hundreds and hundreds of years, almost 2,000 years, the church has tried to know Father God without going through the revelation that he's given the Jewish people. They've tried to actually cut the Jewish people out of a relationship with God. It's called replacement theology. The church began to teach, you know what? The Pharisees and the Jewish leaders rejected Jesus. Most Jewish people today don't believe in Jesus. Therefore, God has rejected the Jewish people they've taught. And the promises that once were given to the Jewish people now have been taken away because of the Jewish people's rejection of Jesus. And those promises now belong to us, the Gentile church. And the Gentile church, in fact, began to look down on anything Jewish. That's why so many different days in, in, in the church's calendar distance themselves from the Jewish holy days. For example, the church distanced the celebration of Passover by calling Passover Easter. In reality, it was Passover that the early church fathers celebrated. They called it Passover. It was only later that you'll find that in the translations of our Bible, the word Passover, Pesach, was literally changed to Easter. Why did the translators make that change? Because they wanted to distance themselves from things Jewish. We know that through the century, for example, during the Spanish Inquisition, they were forcing Jews to give up all their Jewish practices and to embrace Jesus, but they taught in order for you to embrace Jesus, you have to give up all your Jewish practices. You have to no longer identify with anything that God gave you through the Hebrew Bible, through the Tanakh. That's all done away with. It's all gone. That, that, that's old school stuff. It's not relevant anymore. You get rid of that. You just follow Jesus now and be like us. There's been this anti-Semitic religious spirit in the Christian culture for almost 2,000 years. So today, many, many Christian people, they don't understand that our faith, their faith came to them through the Jewish people. They don't understand how the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and the New Testament connect together. They don't understand how Jesus is the king of the Jews. They don't understand that the culmination of the plan of salvation will result when Jesus returns and Jewish people see him and look upon him whom they pierced. 
they've discounted the Jewish people and the role that Jewish people play in God's redemptive plan. But not so with Jesus, not so with Paul, not so with the writers of the New Testament. They realized that God had and still has a special relationship with the Jewish people. Paul said concerning the Jews that the gift and call of God in their life is irrevocable. And so I want you to appreciate the fact, beloved, that Jewish people have been the couriers of God's revelation into the earth. The Hebrew Bible came to us through the Jewish people. The Brit Kadashah, the New Testament writers, were all Jewish. Yeshua, Jesus himself, came to the world clothed in the humanity of Jewish flesh. He died on the cross with a sign above his head that said, Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth, King of the Jews, as he hung on the cross. He sits in heaven right now, according to the book of Revelation chapter 5, as the lion from the tribe of Judah, from where we get the word Jews, Jews coming out of the word Judah. And when we get to heaven, we're going to meet, listen now, Jesus, who describes himself there at the end of the book of Revelation as the offspring of David. And then finally, those of us that enter into the New Jerusalem, the heavenly city, there's 12 gates there, and the 12 great gates are inscribed with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So, beloved, your faith is a very Jewish thing, and it's important for you to embrace that, to love that, and even to bless the Jewish people for all they've done for you. You see, Paul warned us in the book of Romans that Gentiles should not be arrogant against the Jewish people because everything that they've received has come to them from the Jewish people. And we should honor those to whom honor is due. Zechariah told us in the eighth chapter of his prophetic book that at the end of the days, 10 men from all nations will take a hold of the garment of a Jew and say, we want to go with you, for we know that God's with you. In fact, we see when we travel around the world to places like Africa, there's such an expectation when I come because I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus and they've never met a Jewish believer in Jesus before and they realize that to meet a Jewish believer in Jesus is the fulfillment of end times prophecy that's taking place on the earth before Jesus' return. They have such a high expectation that they're going to receive something special and supernatural from God because a Jew is preaching the gospel to them that we see blind eyes eyes being opened, people with deaf ears beginning to hear, people to run forward, running forward to receive salvation by the thousands at a time. You see, Paul told us in the book of Romans, beloved one, that if Gentiles were blessed when the Jews rejected the gospel, what did Paul mean by that? He said, speaking to the Gentile church, he said, if you were blessed when the Jews rejected the gospel, now, how were Gentiles blessed when the Jews rejected the gospel? Because Paul, who was the primary writer of the New Testament and the primary first missionary of the church, he started out when Jesus appeared to him going to his Jewish brothers about the message that he received. He started out going to Jerusalem, going to the temple to share the revelation he'd received about Yeshua. But when he was in Jerusalem, the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him. And he said, Shaul, Paul, they're not going to receive your testimony here. My Jewish people here will not listen to you. I'm sending you far away, Paul, to the Gentiles 
Well, they'll receive the word that I've given you. And so as a result of the Jewish people not being willing to receive the message from Paul, Paul was sent to the Gentiles, and as a result of that, the gospels eventually trickled down to you. It spread through the whole world. Why? Because the Jews rejected, and as a result of their rejection, the gospel was brought to the Gentile world. So if you were blessed because the Jews rejected Jesus, and it came to you because of that, Paul said this. He said, how much more will you be blessed when Jews come to faith? It's going to be life from the dead for you. You were blessed when they rejected. When Jewish people receive it, Paul said, when they receive Jesus, it's going to be such a blessing to you. It's going to give life to you that can only be compared as something that is a small trickle of being raised from the dead. Paul writes that in the book of Romans. And so Jesus said, salvation is from the Jews. And I notice that a lot of times in the Gentile church, there's not an honor towards the Jewish people. Even myself, I notice oftentimes when I'm, when I'm with pastors, they don't want to lose their place. They're threatened by a Jew that believes in Jesus. And so sometimes Gentile pastors will try to diminish a Jew that believes in Jesus, say, oh, there's nothing special about your, the call on your life, because they don't want to lose their important place. They want to be the leaders. They want to be the heads. But the fact is, there's a supernatural call upon the Jewish people. And when a Jew comes to faith, there's something very special that comes forth from that Jewish believer's life that can be a blessing to those that will receive it. Beloved, when you look around the world today, it's easy for a thinking person to see once they analyze there's something special about the Jewish people. You look at the amount of medical breakthroughs that have come into the world through Jewish people, the amount of inventions that have come through Jewish people, the amount of Nobel Prizes that have been awarded to Jewish people. When you look at the small numbers of Jewish people that live upon the earth, less than one half of 1% of the world's population are Jewish, but you compare that small, almost insignificant number to the amount of impact they had, and it's entirely disproportional. What does that tell us? There's something special about the Jew. Mark Twain said, all these other people groups have come and gone, but the Jew is immortal. Of course, that's an exaggeration, but he was just marveling at the fact how different people groups, the Babylonians, all these different empires have come and gone, but here are the Jews today, so small in number, they still remain, still having impact in the earth. Let's not forget the Jewish people. The Lord told us he'll bless those that bless the Jewish people, but he'll curse those that curse the Jewish people. When there's a mass of Jewish people, beloved ones, that come to faith in the world and they call upon Jesus to return, that's going to usher in his return. That's why ministries like Discovering the Jewish Jesus and others like mine are important. We're bringing the gospel, beloved, to Jewish people to help them understand that believing in Yeshua is truly the most Jewish thing that a Jew could ever do. I realize the message is not popular, and I realize the majority will not receive it. But God's people have always been a remnant from the very beginning and will be so even to the end. And beloved, His chosen people are not just from amongst Jews only, but from among Gentiles, from every tribe, tongue, and nation. God loves you, beloved one. I love you. God bless you, and until next week, Shalom. Many are familiar with the story of the widow that the Lord appointed to feed Elijah during a time of famine. 
When Elijah approached the widow, he said, give me something to eat. And she said, well, all I have is a little bit of bread and a little bit of oil, and it's enough just for my son and I to eat it, then we'll have nothing and die. Elijah said, just do as I say and go prepare it for me. She obeyed, and not only did Elijah have a meal, but it sustained the widow and her son until it was no longer necessary to do so. The point I'm making is something supernatural happened when she entrusted her possessions to the Lord. I believe that the same thing happens in your life and my life when we honor the Lord with our possessions and trust Him with them. I want to encourage you. If the Lord is using this ministry to bless you and feed you, honor Him with your possessions through it, I'm confident that you're going to receive a supernatural blessing back. This is Rabbi Schneider. Thank you. I love you. And Shalom. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Le Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by His countenance. And Father God is going to continue as beloved child to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Will you pick up your cross and follow Jesus? Join us next week as Rabbi shares how we can truly dedicate our lives to God and how to communicate with Him in a deeper way.